The Ringer Gambling Show is here to help you place your bets on the biggest sports around the world. Join NFL analyst Warren Sharp on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. Each week, they'll cover everything from spreads, game totals, and parlays to player props, futures, post-game reactions, and more. Check out The Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Blazarian, Kevin Patriots are 7-4. and four. Oh, NBA season is going great. I'm feeling <laughs> absolutely fantastic on this Friday morning. How are you doing, Chris? What's going well, on? Well, uh, everything is good. Um, we have had some interesting stuff that has happened since we last spoke, not the least of which was last night. Uh, Steph Curry is going city to city, putting on a show and getting chanted as the MVP. And so I don't know if we've ever had someone win MVP after 15 games of the season, but if it is possible, <laughs> it certainly seems like even opposing NBA fans are in in fa- are in favor of this and the most fascinating thing is if you go to like if you go to cities that are you know very disenchanted with their team at this time right so it's different if you, if you went to Orlando or if you went to Detroit or you went to Houston and the fans expected you know to show up are going to be visiting fans mm. but very good season and on a hot streak were the Brooklyn Nets. Cleveland has been one of the fun stories in the NBA thus far this year. And those are the two cities back to back that Steph Curry is going to the free throw line in the fourth quarter. And the crowd that is there is chanting MVP, MVP. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And how could you not, Chris? You know, how could you not with the show? That he puts on, like in last night's fourth quarter, I didn't track the the total amount of dribbles, but yep. in his twenty points that that he scored off, you know, makes 
I believe at least over 75% of them came off of zero dribbles where it was like straight off the catch for a three pointer or straight off the catch for a layup off a cut to the basket. I mean, it's just so fast moving the way the ball pings around the court with the Warriors. They're back, man. They're, they're all the way back. They're a hundred percent back. The telepathic ball movements there, the motion and the cutting, they have more shooting than ever before. Steph Curry is attempting a, a record 13.5 three-pointers per game. Remember last season, Chris, when I said Steve Kerr, you know, should have Steph Curry shoot 15 times per game, and then he started doing it to close the year, and it was working? Well, that's carried over. They're, they're, they're using Steph from three more than ever before. The difference is, if, if you, let's say this sustains. Harden had 13.2 a couple years ago. He shot only 37% from three. Steph is at 42%. 42% on 13.5 attempts me, per game. It's outrageous. Let, all right. It's insane. Let, He's Steph Curry. It's amazing. Let me, let me tell you uh, how insane it would be. So he has hit 85 three-pointers in 15 games. That is, he is making 5.7 three-pointers per game. All right. <laughs> now, if this, if this continued, and he did this throughout the rest of the season over the course of 82 games. He is on pace to make 467 <laughs> three-pointers. The most what? The most three-pointers that any player has ever made in the season was Steph Curry in 15-16, he made 402. Wow. He is on pace for 467. Now, keep in mind, what? second place on the list. Harden, right? Steph Curry. Three, <laughs> three, 300 and oh, I'm sorry. It is Harden. At oh, three, at, no, you're right. No, you're right. 378. Okay. And then uh, third place, fourth place, fifth place, and eighth <laughs> And eighth place are all Steph Curry. Oh my god! Okay, so a monster dude. One guy has ever made four hundred in a season. He is on pace so far to make four hundred and sixty-seven. And he, James Harden, is the only other guy in the top five that has the, the um, amongst three pointers made in a season. And then even like number eight is Steph Curry too. Unreal, like the, dude. It, it's it's truly crazy what's and going on he's gotten better i mean like like put the scoring to the side for a moment and like this guy's a better playmaker than he was before he he's finding teammates quicker with more accuracy he's having the best defensive season of his career many War warriors fans have remarked about that last night he's asked about you know his his all defense campaign steph's just gotten better and better and better and he's gotten better on offense because he's taking more threes uh because he's potentially setting those records that you're talking about chris uh 33 years old and and he's better than he was the last time the warriors were contending for a championship it's nuts it's i'll nuts. tell you this now i as i mentioned in the last podcast i've covered um more than a few rat teams in my career and yes, the only the only players i have seen get cheered MVP in the opposing arena were Kobe Bryant in the early 2000s and in the early 2000s, Allen Iverson. Those are the only two. And I think those guys, they had a level of stardom 
that is now rivaled by only Curry. Um, and, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot. My, my son is in sixth grade, and I would say of the sixth graders, uh, all of his friends, which are all big sports fans, I would say every single one of them has a John Morant jersey because he's the hometown guy, right? I would say outside of him, the most amount of jerseys or shoes or paraphernalia from all of those kids, I would say it's Curry 1, Mahomes 2, and there's like whoever is 3 is way distant. But at least in his circle, amongst like that's my reference point for what yeah. kids what kids like. Like and and it's not just they're all Chiefs fans or something, right? But like those are the guys that break through. They all have their own favorite teams, but they all love Steph Curry and they all love Patrick Mahomes. Those are the two guys that like they all love. And I, I, I so I find it interesting that now you're going to have this younger generation, right? That like look when 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 that guy comes to town you want your mom and dad to take you to that game. He is the one right now. They really don't care about LeBron that much. They don't. He's not their guy. It feels like Steph Curry is their guy, right? Hmm. You went through these different generations where right, it's like someone like, Williams age. Yeah. Like, like you say, like the, the nine to 15 range. That That's, right. Thing. That's right. That's right. I think, I think they view Curry as their guy. That was the guy that they first became aware of when they were a kid and when they started playing and obviously his insane impact on the game. Um, I mean, look, they all, because, and we've talked about this a lot, you could go out to a basketball court and you can mimic him. Yeah, in you, a can, way, you, can, you can just throw the ball up. You know, you can launch way, threes, but you can't dunk. In a way <laughs> that you can't, but weirdly, you know, they do all like Giannis too. I see a lot of Giannis shoes, um, you know, in his basketball games. More Steph Curry shoes than I would have imagined because I don't Armor. think huh. I don't. Yeah, I don't think of kids going and buying those. But he was just in a basketball tournament, and there were a lot of kids wearing Currys, hmm. Currys, and then Kyrie still sells a lot of shoes. Yep. You see Kyrie's, and then there are a lot of the freak shoes that are on. And I think part of that is they look cool and they're cheaper. Yeah, yeah only I, was like about, a, I was about to ask yeah. about price because I'm not yeah. I'm not a sneakerhead really. The freak the 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 Giannis ones have a better price. They're point. like ninety nine bucks, right? Same with Kyrie's right. are cheap, right? That's a, a cheaper, okay. cheaper. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. What, what about what about like LeBron's? What are those very expensive? Clunky. Clunky. A lot of yeah, a lot of people that play basketball don't like playing basketball. Really? LeBron's, yeah. Huh. And I think that's even true for kids. Um, but yeah, clunky, I, I mean, clunky, it, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. You never worn them? You've never no, worn them? I've never worn them, no. Yeah, they're heavy. Maybe I should go to a Nike store and try them on, then just not buy them. I'm just not a sneakerhead. Yeah, I, I would just say, you know, but that it just speaks I'll wear, I'll to... I'll wear anything sent to me. <laughs> it, it just speaks to the Curry popularity and that I think his popularity is going to get even bigger and bigger and bigger. Because I, I wore like the same pair of sneakers on. for like seven years. Like from like age twelve to age nineteen, it was like the same pair, like not the same actual pair, but the same 
type of shoe, I'd get a new one when the old one got old. It was like these, it was like these black Nikes. It wasn't even like any like MJ's or, or Kobe's or anything. It was just a Nike, a regular Nike. I could not be less surprised. <laughs> if you... <laughs> just just being honest. I, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I'm not a sneakerhead. I'd like to be a sneakerhead. I just, I never grew up spending the money on shoes. Last uh, and night, I, and I'm going to keep it going for now. The Warriors, 36 <laughs> to eight in the fourth quarter. That's like impossible. Mm. 36 to eight. Um, and the Cavs, we 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 had them the whole time, and then we let them off the hook, I guess, because they get outscored by 28 in the fourth quarter, and so the Warriors end up. Uh, winning that game. The other one that was a little surprising last night was the shorthanded 76ers going in and winning in Denver, which is not an easy task. They are, of course, without Ben Simmons. They're without Joel Embiid now. Who do they have, though, Chris? Who do they have? Tyrese Maxey. Yes, they get Tyrese Maxey. They get Tyrese Maxey. That's who they they got. Tyrese Maxey is looking for real, dude. Looking for real. Tyrese Maxey has been very, very good recently. Curry added 20 points. And then, you know, they, the Denver was really mad about the officials. And you don't see this all that often. Mike Malone ran out on the court, ran out on the court. And Jokic is like getting in his way. And I'm like, yo, is he going to slow yeah, this? Even dude? Jokic was like, hey, calm down. <laughs> you don't see coaches beelining at a uh, at an official, but something really set him off. I think it, and, and when something like that happens, this is what I would imagine. It's beyond the calls. Like there's been something, it's it, it, the, the ref uh, reacted in some kind of way at one point that really irritated Malone even worse because guys do get angry at calls, but that's when, 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 when you you get that, and when when you get that mad, it's because you feel like it's personal. That's, that's what sets Mm. you off to the point where you're running out at a guy is when you feel like it's personal. It's not just, you're incompetent or I think you're incompetent. It's you're doing this now to screw me. And you're, and and the fury just was, I mean, totally evident. He's being held back by Jokic. I wonder if Jokic wouldn't have gotten in his way. What would have happened? I'd like to see a little coach ref dust up at some point. Mike Malone's got like a good angry face. Oh, he looks like a, like a, army sergeant or general from the 1950s, like Gomer Pyle type of, yes. type of guy. You yes. know, that's, that's he what looked, he looks like. No, he, that was <laughs> just like, a great angry face. Yeah. Just, people got to go watch it. One of those white guys who get really pink and red yeah. when they get angry. Is <laughs> Legi- legitimate rage. Yeah. That was rage. That was taking I, I place. I just got a kick out of Jokic holding him back. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if, you know what? He kind of feels like he needed to be held back. I, I, he looks, he looks Mal- like he's Mal- freaking out. Malone's got the fade and everything. It's just, oh yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an army guy look. He is, uh, <laughs> and, but that is a good win. You ever uh, watched Gomer Pyle? Chris, you're, you're old enough to have watched that when it aired. I'm sure, right? What the hell? <laughs> uh, old enough to watch that? What, what do you think? I, how old do you think I am? No. 
what on earth? You think I was sitting around watching Leave It to Beaver too? <laughs> Leave It to Beaver. What? <laughs> the, the, the original Wonder Years. You better no, watch that, right? I did. I did yeah, watch you that. Wonder, yeah, you watched the yeah. original Wonder Years. Okay. Yeah, that was in color, stupid ass. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't around for black and how about, white. How about, how about like the Munsters? You ever I watched wa- I watched those on the Nick Munsters. at Night. Nick at Night was going when I was a kid. And they had like that. They had like uh, Mr. Ed. They had this old show with Sally Field called The Flying Nun. You ever heard of The Flying Nun? No, nah, I don't recall imagine, that. No. Imagine that. You look it up. There's a friggin' TV show about a nun it. that flies. Imagine that. Sally Field. She was, was a flying nun. It was a real sitcom, man. It was on for a long time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> six, from September 7th, 1967 until yeah. April 3rd, 1970. 82 episodes <laughs> like an NBA season. About a nun that flies. Imagine that. Hmm. You could you couldn't get through a meeting with that as your idea now. I promise you that. No kidding. There's no way. First, uh, people pe- like you know how on Google it says people also ask. I don't think anybody's actually asking that, but but it says does flying nun still exist? You get like a bunch of like eighty year old <laughs> people ty- typing with one finger what, into yeah. Google. What's flying nun? <laughs> Yeah, whatever happened to the flying nun? When's flying on, nun on? Yes. <laughs> flying nun re-airs. There you go. Maybe they're going to, re- I bet they won't reboot that one. Anyway. How uh, about, my, uh, but- Little House on the Prairie? La- last last old show. My mom used to love watching that show. She said Little House on the Prairie. Everybody's her, her, mom did. Her, her sister said it was boring. Was that a boring show, Chris? To me. Uh, to you? Okay. But to moms, it was awesome. <laughs> I see. Uh yeah. So we got a little short uh, Ben Simmons update. There was some advancement on the story. They're saying there are 30 players. Little House on the Prairie to Ben Simmons. There you the go. mismatch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 30 players that Daryl Morey would trade for. Now, the 30 players aren't named. I would love to for somebody to compile the list of the 30 players that Daryl Morey would trade Ben Simmons for. Because I got to imagine... I. I don't suspect Jeremy Grant is in there, but that was the other uh, news item that came out this week that there have been talks at some point about Jeremy Grant, the young player, a pick. The young player was named as like Sadiq Bay, and the reporting that came out from the Detroit side was, well, I don't think they would include Sadiq Bay, and I'm like, oh my god, like what are we talking? <laughs> what, what, like what are we talking about? <laughs> like yes, yes they would. Like what? what they wouldn't include Sadiq Bay in order to get it. But I mean, I don't know. Like the, I, I can't imagine Jeremy Grant would be on that list of 30 guys. I, if, I think if if we, there's a chance. There's a, really? There's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance. Six eight, versatile defender. I mean, he hasn't hit shots so far this season, but he's been pretty good the last three years with uh, Denver, uh, Detroit, OKC, like at the three years in a row, three different teams. So, yeah, I could see him being on the list if Detroit was willing to add more to him. That would not fall into the class of difference Yeah, maker. but like I would say like there's different tiers of trades. There's like, here are the guys we'd give more with Ben Simmons. Here mm. are the guys, it'd be a one for one. Here yeah. are the guys that we need more. And I think Jeremy Grant falls into that latter category of the guys that they would need to add more with the with the key player, Jeremy Grant, to get Ben Simmons. But ultimately, though, Chris, we mentioned Tyrese Maxey in passing earlier today. Um, he was the name everybody brought up in like a Damian Lillard trade. Oh, Simmons with Maxey. So they get a young point guard to develop and picks. Mm-hmm. Maxey, last five games, 
25.2 points, 3.6 assists, and only 0.8 turnovers per game. That's the most impressive part of his game. Not the scoring, not the three-point shooting. It's the limiting of turnovers. He doesn't make many mistakes on the floor. As a young player, that's rare. We've seen a lot of young point guards score, but not limit mistakes the way he has. He looks terrific. The Sixers are getting to the point here with Maxi, with Seth Curry, that I really think the only thing that you realistically would trade him for, unless it's a Dame type, is that type of wing forward guy like a Jeremy Grant. Like That's the ideal, is finding your versatile defensive wing to replace your best versatile defensive wing in Ben Simmons. And so I don't know who that is, who might become available, um, but like that, that's what I'm thinking about. And I'm about to say something I might regret here, Chris, but like, I, I think Ben Simmons just needs to go back. He just needs to go back to the Sixers and play and see how it feels because with the way Tyrese Maxey has developed, with the level Joel Embiid was playing at before he's been out, I mean, dude, you're the, you're the missing piece. Like you're, Ben Simmons is the missing piece. You remember he my con- you remember my conspiracy theory long ago, which was in part that maybe some of what has taken place could um maybe it is a little bit different if Maxi isn't a clutch guy you know but yeah. he is he is a clutch that's a, guy that's a good that's and a he, good point and he is a great asset and this whole Ben Simmons uh Saga has opened the door for Maxi to really explode and Eight, be 18 points per game, th- yeah. 43% from three, not turning the ball over. He's not turning it over. And you know, that's not happening if Ben Simmons is playing. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not like him not playing does not benefit. Like he's already got his contract, right? But Maxi, if you start to explode <laughs> by year two and you're great for two more years, now you're a max you guy. May, you may have another max guy in the fold, mm-hmm. right? Instead of a guy that when it comes extension time, you know, has played sparingly the first couple of years. And I, I, look, obviously, Ben Simmons was always going to be in the way of Tyrese Maxey. Like if he plays for Philadelphia, right? So this has broke a good way. If you are repping Tyrese Maxey, whether whether you were the same group or not, it's broken. Well, it just so happens it is the same group. And so there is a odd benefit from Ben Simmons not participating right now. And sure. that is how well Maxey has played and just the opportunity that he has gotten that he would not have. You uh, you nailed that months ago in terms of like the yep. benefit. Like we, yeah. we didn't we didn't know for sure Tyrese Maxey would double his points per game that he'd be excelling the way he has. Like I, I'm I'm a believer in his three point shot because yep. he's always been an, an elite free throw shooter. He's always had great touch on floaters and layups. It, it seemed like he was the type of guy. It's just a matter of can he develop the lower body strength? Can he develop the mechanics and the consistency and the confidence? to become a good three-point shooter. I think that's happening this year. It's both yeah. off the catch and off the dribble. So I'm, I'm buying Tyrese Maxey, like heavily buying that this is for real. And the fact that it's for real, that does open up options for you if you're Philly. Like, yes, it would be wonderful to have Ben Simmons back, but now you also have Maxey handling a lot of, you know, half-court shot creation reps. You're having Seth Curry handle mm-hmm. those half-court reps behind Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons is an elite defensive ace. 
And he, if he accepts it and embraces it, he could be a screen and roll option for them. Like, you know, their own Draymond, mm-hmm. uh, there, you know, but we'll see, like, we'll see if he would embrace that. But for Philly, that Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay type of, you know, package that that's at least intriguing to get yep. two big forwards who are versatile on defense, who can hit threes off the catch for you. Then you can play five out and those guys can handle the ball a little bit too. You know, Grant can create base flash that here and there with Detroit. He's did it at Villanova as well. So like that package is intriguing. And, and if you're the Pistons, you're looking pretty solid with Cade Cunningham. I think they're four and five in games. Cade has played 0 and five without him. Cade's putting up consistent numbers now. He's had great fourth quarter moments. Um, if you're them, like imagine pairing, you know, Ben Simmons and Cade Cunningham with that size and versatility and shot creation. Like that's going to have appeal for the Pistons side too. So mm-hmm. for Philly and Clutch, Maxi gets to remain the guy on a championship squad. You get to reshuffle the deck of your own clients and put them in their best situations. You could there, try to sell. Appeal there. Hey, you could sell this. Philly fans would go crazy for you Grant and Bay. Oh my God! Yes, yes, maybe, maybe, yes, maybe. I mean, not not when you not when you've gone out of your way to say difference maker. Well, it depends on what else you're getting, though. If you're getting if you're getting Jeremy Grant and you're getting Sadiq Bay and you're getting like a pick or two, that that has some appeal to me because Jeremy then, Grant is not a difference maker. He's not. I think he I think he is in the sense that his defense no. is gonna be the rock. It's just a matter of what level is his offense. Because last year you you would have said, yes, he is a difference maker. This year, you'd say, no, he's not a difference maker. Two years ago in Denver, you'd say, no, he's not a difference maker. When he was on a good team. Yeah, but what, what, like, what? what, what, if, what if you get like Denver-level usage out of him, but with Detroit-level shot creation, like, I, a, I mean, like a hybrid role? What if I grow to 6'8 tomorrow? Like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, but that, that's, that's not like that's not a fair thing to yes, say it is. because you He's, can't. You is, won't grow to six eight tomorrow, is, and he you, won't you, do that. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's not gonna lower his usage and give you. He's. You know what you just he described? did lower his usage this season you, to last no, season. No, 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 no. Like he I'm has. Saying, but you just described somebody awesome, and Jeremy Grant's not awesome. Jeremy Grant is a guy that put up a. a I know. I'm not saying. I'm not saying he's awesome. I'm, on a bad team. I'm saying last year, like he he had some great stretches offensively. He did, and, and they it, lost and, and every all night. Say, all I'm saying is, is if the baseline for Jeremy Grant on the Sixers, if the baseline is Denver Jeremy Grant hitting spot up threes, attacking closeouts, playing hard on defense, defending multiple positions, if that's the baseline, well, maybe now you know. Oh, sometimes that guy on nights he's feeling it, he can get you twenty. He can get mm. you twenty five. Because I think he proved that last year in Detroit that he can get you it on certain nights, he wouldn't need to be the guy doing it every night. Like he currently is in Detroit. He would have to be the guy who only has to do it on some nights playing with Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey and Seth Curry. So I think this is a long way of me saying that I'm supportive of the grant idea for Ben Simmons. And if anything, you could argue it's a better fit because of Maxie and Curry's improvement, Joel Embiid handling more playmaking. It minimizes the need for Ben Simmons to be the, the open court transition playmaker that he's always been spectacular at being. And in the half court, it would further diminish his role already because of the development okay. of those guys. Jeremy Grant is a piece who has a baseline spot up threes and all that stuff I listed. 
but also can handle the ball on nights you need him to. There's an advantageous matchup or he's just feeling himself and it's time to let him go to work. So I'm supportive of that idea, depending on the other pieces around Jeremy Grant. That's the question there. This is perfect because this is why this is a mismatch. I hate it. And I think it's the literally the worst idea I've ever heard outside of, I mean, if you you can go get Buddy healed and I'd rather have him tomorrow, you know, in terms of fitting in with that TV. Jeremy Grant's a guy. You don't need shooting. He's not a difference maker. You don't need shooting. He's not a difference maker. Um, well, what, did J- uh, Jeremy Grant's breaking down people off the dribble all the time. I mean, no. come on. No, uh, I, uh, well, what no. is he? He's just a guy. You know, you, yeah, I guess Josh Richardson could mentor him. Uh, may- maybe. Oh, well, I guess on. he's no longer there. He's in Boston. You're being way too harsh. It, it feels exactly like the, the Josh Richardson way, arguments way I used to have all harsh, the time. Chris. Everybody always loved detaining him, too. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Um... All right, so one of the things that you had mentioned in passing was the whole, like, Portland thing, because the Portland thing always comes up. But one thing that we have not spoken on is who knows if Portland's going to be doing anything, and you do wonder what kind of mode they are even in regarding any types of player movement because of their situation management-wise. You know, their president of basketball operations is gone now. Um, That happened about a week ago. Neil Oshie is those being... Their, those are president, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I said. No, not, like, not, not of basketball ops, though. Uh, I oh, think of just, the whole just, team? I think just president, yeah. Oh, wow. And now uh, you've got Oshie being, Oshie being uh, investigated by a group that was hired by the Denver Nuggets. Now, or I'm not the Denver Nuggets, the Portland Trailblazers. Um, Woj reported that this has now spurned on general managers to put together an association for themselves because GMs around the league fear that teams are going to be able to do this and that they don't really have uh, any kind of unification or protection in teams doing this. That if you are unhappy with somebody that what you do is you bring out, you bring in outside people, you have them dig up everything they can. They ain't looking for good stuff about you. They're finding people to dog you out. They're finding people to say, this is a toxic workplace environment. They're trying to find things that you did wrong. Inevitably, they probably will and find that. And then they will be able to fire you without, paying you your contract. And this sends a shockwave of fear throughout general managers around the league because it becomes this fear that that's going to be a mode of operation. If, if, if somebody doesn't, if I'm, if I'm under contract and they want to get out from under it, then what they're going to do is hire somebody from outside to come in and say, I'm a dirt bag or I, I shouldn't be here anymore. They could fire me for 
cause. Now, this this just happened. I saw this happen actually. Um, I know that you, you're not a big college football fan, but this happened at the University of Tennessee like a year ago. They had hired one of the Saban old assistants, Jeremy Pruitt, and they were trying to get out of it, but they owed him a fortune. They hired somebody, not the NCAA. They hired somebody from outside to come in and investigate and then found, like, recruiting violations. Hmm. Like They investigated themselves just so they could go and say, you're fired, right? <laughs> like they, and so there's this fear that teams are going to do this, investigate themselves if they are unhappy with, and that this is the way they get around paying guys off. But I say all this was to that say. that Scott Frost from Nebraska? No, no, it, no? no it was Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, he was. They brought in the University of Tennessee. All right, brought Jeremy in Pruitt. somebody from outside, and got and he's like, they're going to court over this. Wow, you know. But anyways, now a very fascinating uh, that this is happening within the NBA with general managers. Also, who knows what Portland is in the mode of doing right now? I mean, what a. I, I don't know what the work environment was like, um, but we know that he is being investigated and investigated by, not like the NBA came in, someone commissioned by the franchise. And so do you think Neil Neil Oshie is doing business as usual? No, he's not. He's not. I can can tell you he's not. I've I've had multiple agents and executives from other other teams tell me like they're not sure who the actual person to call is right now on your day to day stuff. That's crazy. A lot of disorganization, as you'd expect. Like that's that's not unusual when there's an investigation happening. They're getting pulled in so many different directions right now. Yeah. I I mean, you've got a you've got a team in the Western Conference. You had a you had a you know your best player who you know, seemingly was unhappy in the offseason. You had that whole brought in Chauncey Billups and the press conference debacle. And now this, and it's like, okay, when December 15th comes or when the trade deadline comes or whatever, is Portland, are they just going to be in a holding pattern until they figure out what's what? And clearly, this could be a tremendous mess, right? Because you're going to bring in... You're bringing in investigators. Uh, you're paying them to find bad stuff about this guy. I mean, you don't because you don't want to have to pay him. And we'll see what happens. I mean, I I don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean, I just want to give a little bit more context from the Woj report. Um, it was noted in there that Olshea signed a three-year contract extension two years ago, the first year of which was this season. So you're right. he kicked in the 21-22 season. Uh, Woj wrote uh, and Ramona Shelburne. They both reported that together at the end. Terms reported by the media like, quote, toxic environment and, quote, hostile workplace felt to rival GMs as a campaign to trigger a firing for cause, presumably a tactic to set up the voiding of the remaining years in salary on Olshay's contract. That's what worries rival executives and has hastened the urgency of finalizing an association that could help support front office execs in situations like the one unfolding in Portland. I mean... Like it, it, the way in which and the manner in which it's it's forming, um, part of me understands, uh, but part of me is like, let's just see this investigation find what it's going to find. You don't investigate unless you have reason 
to investigate. You don't go through all this just not to, you know, to, without ha- believing that you have something to find here. Um, so with Neil O'Shea and all the weirdness that's happening in that front office here, I think the association can overall be a good thing for the, for the executives around the NBA. But ultimately, um, that doesn't change the fact that this investigation is legit. Uh, well, from they, what like, I understand, like, from from what everything else has been reported uh, by by many reli- reliable writers and reporters around the NBA, so well, there's I, I, a, I, you, I, if, I think it's okay to feel both ways about that, right? Chris? I, I don't know if you go, no? but I'm telling you, rival executives aren't forming this association if they think that it's all on the up and up. That it's like, hey, here was this article that came out about this toxic work environment. And it's going on in Portland. Here's this scuttlebutt about how toxic it all is in Portland. And then there was an investigation like that didn't happen. And it, there, if you read later in that article, I believe there is a statement that there had been previously no complaints. No one had gone to, you know, HR. There wasn't anybody that there wasn't like some you know, big story that came out like it did about the Washington football team in, or in about the nine, nine plus years running the trailblazers. The NBA has received no calls to the league office or its tips hotline alleging workplace complaints against Olshay sources told ESPN the blazers human resources department received no complaints on O'Shea until recent weeks. Yahoo sports reported. Interesting. So what does that tell you? Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like I'm not going to jump to conclusions here yeah. without all the information, um, but it's intriguing. Yeah, it certainly is. In the first year of his uh, new three-year contracts. Yeah, I hope I hope nothing terrible happened there. But it, it it there is there's clearly an amount of guys that are out there that are thinking they don't like the way this is going. They thought that they you know he fumbled all over the Billups thing. He's probably fumbling around with the Lillard thing. Lillard doesn't believe in him wholeheartedly or whatever. I'm just, I'm, I'm pontificating here. I don't know. Right. And so it's like, well, hell, hell, we just signed him to a huge contract. I mean, if we, if we get rid of him, we got to pay this guy off. His contract just kicked in for God's sakes. And they say, well, how can we get rid of him? That's at least the sentiment that creates the GMs wanting to go create protection. And I'm not saying it's not a toxic work environment. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I don't but, know. How I mean, could we, I know? We don't have how could the, I we don't have all the details. We'll how could don't. I know? But you know, typically in these kind of situations, you have, you know, the Robert Sarver article or you have the Washington football team uh, you know, article that comes out or you have, you know, there's a lot of reporting or something from somebody from outside says, this guy's a dirtbag. This is all what is taking place there, yada, yada, yada. And the fact that that didn't happen makes it more perplexing. The thing I'm, I'm you know? interested in here is I, I, uh, I'm i not sure if this is just for GM. This is just for the GMs, yep. right? Yep. Only, yep. only for GMs. It's not for like your lower level <laughs> executive on the analytics side or like a, a guy who got hired from the, yeah. the coaching staff into the front office role, you know, international head of international scouting, I, right. I, which I feel like those are the types of people who probably need the protection most, not the GMs making millions of dollars. That's a totally different topic for another day that I don't really want to get into too much, but um, it doesn't seem like the people who need the protection quite as much are getting the protection. Probably so. Um, let me say I, uh, I, last night 
I went to a basketball game and I watched the Grizzlies play the Clippers and the Clippers have been nine and five. You could poke a few holes into the nine and five. I mean, they'd beaten Minnesota three times. They had beaten Oklahoma city once. So that was four of the wins. Uh, they had that thriller game versus Miami without Jimmy Butler that they were able to win. But the, the numbers were pretty good for them. Certainly the defensive numbers were really good for them coming in. And they had some guys out last night, so maybe it's not totally fair. Paul George has been playing at an MVP level this season. I mean, you think he's third in the NBA in scoring coming into last night. But watching them, you remember in the offseason when there was a trade made and they acquired Eric Bledsoe, and I said, I do not like this because this. what happens is if you acquire a guy like that, the coach is going to play him. <laughs> He's going to play him. And I read this morning that the on-off court numbers, like the worst in the league, like, you know, the, some of them are what you would sur surmise, like Jalen Green and some other guys that are on really bad teams. But the on-off court difference with Bledsoe is like almost 26 points. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Like, actively hurts you, right, by being on the court. In he's shooting 25% from three in a significant manner, you know, and I gotta be honest. Now, maybe I caught him on the wrong night, but I'm surprised they're nine and five after, after seeing them. And it just speaks to how unbelievable and otherworldly George is. But with them in the absence of Kawhi, now, hopefully they get some guys back. Abaka's not playing for him right now. Morris is out for him. There's a couple others. I think Mann had been kind of banged up. Batum, who'd been pretty good, you know, uh, hadn't been playing. But they've been they've been winning with defense. Um, they've had a weak schedule, a home heavy schedule. Um, but I think that they're you know I, I think that they're probably going to be in that whatever six to seven to nine, six to nine range. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit USAA.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. Uh, those Something. numbers, by the way, Chris. Um, yep. With Paul George on the court at all yep. times. So when Paul George is on the court with Eric Bledsoe, they get outscored by three and a half points per 100 possessions. A 102 offensive rating, a 106 defensive rating. When Eric, when Paul George is on the court with Eric without Eric Bledsoe, they outscore teams by 17.6 with their net rating. Unbelievable. Uh, 113 offensive rating, 95 and a half defensive rating. So the, the, the this team goes from a dominant force without Paul with Paul George on the court without Eric Bledsoe to below average when Bledsoe's on the court. How, you know, that's like 100, 350 minutes with both 175, which is George. That's crazy mm. because, you know, 
Obviously, they, they you know they, when they run out, they can they can space the floor pretty well when they've got Kennard out there, and they've got you know when they've got Kennard out there, they've got George out there, they got Reggie Jackson out there, um, you know whoever they play at big, either Hartenstein or or, or, or Zubats. Um, but man, like it that is one of those acquisitions that really can hurt you. When I always talk about, like, don't put guys in there that actively hurt you, it's so hard. With a guy like Bledsoe, it's, like, impossible to get your coach not to play him. It really is. Like, Ty Lue is going to play him. If Kawhi no comes what. back in April, are they a finals contender, Chris? Not with Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> well, I mean, let, let, yeah, um, that, that's a problem. But let, let's, yeah. let's just say Bledsoe goes to zero minutes per game with Kawhi returning. Oh, if, are they if, are they are they a finals contender? Of course, of course. What if they have Kawhi Leonard and yeah, Paul George healthy? Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. They still got two of the top what ten guys in the league. I, I think there are eleven teams that have a shot at winning the NBA Finals this season. Eleven, eleven of them. Five in the East: Nets, Bucks, Sixers, Bulls, Heat, and then six in the West: Warriors, Suns, Nuggets. Jazz, Lakers, Clippers. Clippers, only reason they're on there is because of the chance Kawhi Leonard returns in April. That's the only reason they're on that list. But I think those are the 11 teams that have a shot at winning the NBA Finals this season. Well, and you're pontificating that the Simmons deal gets done. I mean, I'm putting Philly on there just because they well, have a chance. So, you know, no, they I mean, have no chance without uh, Simmons well, or saying, something that replaces him. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. something replaces him or he gets traded. Uh, or, I mean, something replaces him through trade or he returns. Yeah. Like, something happens there. So I'm keeping them on the list. I'd say those are the 11 teams. Is there any anybody you'd add or subtract off of that list? No. Dallas? Dallas is a name some people throw out there because Luka is, could be great enough. Would you put him on that list? Absolutely Make it 12? Not. You would not? Is there anybody else? No. No. Nobody, nobody. I mean, so it, that, that that that's a perfect list. You're saying I think we the, agree. O- <laughs> the only other one that you could throw in there would be the only one that you could throw in there, in my opinion, would be uh, Atlanta. So not Washington. They have a lot more to prove. No, <laughs> no. That, that, that are on I the mean, list. you've got to okay. get because you got to give Atlanta respect. Atlanta was there last they year. They were there. They were there. Yeah, they were there. I mean, they were right there on the cusp. I wouldn't I wouldn't put them on it. So I would year. say I, I, would, I, would, I, I don't think they have any chance of beating those five teams. Nets, Bucks, Sixers, Bulls, Heat. Yep. That, that would be the only one that could be added. Um, yeah. So 11. So we're at 11 then. 11 teams can at least have hope. Of winning the NBA Finals. And the truth is, there's probably about four or five. You'd, yeah, you'd really cut that list down. We but know. I, I don't know about four or five. Yes, there is. You gotta, I, don't, you, I don't know. You got to have know. one of the top five players in the league, Kevin. That's what history tells you. Yeah, to win the NBA Finals. Yeah. Yes. You got to have one of the best five guys. And so. So who does that include? Nets? Bucks? Yes. Sixers? Yes. So not. I, you, well, you would I, say, I, well. You, you would say no to the Bulls then? I, I say he, right. I would say You'd no, say to, no to the Heat then? You pick them to win it. They don't have a top five guy. I mean, they have a they have like a top 10 to 15-ish guy. Butler's, I mean, in terms of two-way, he is a superstar. Yeah, he is. And also he's having an excellent year. Like he's yeah. he's been great, dude. Yeah, and that would be a that would be more of a collection of. I think that's fair. But yeah, I mean, they would certainly 
They wouldn't be favored against Milwaukee if Milwaukee's totally healthy. I, I was looking up. I was watching some Jimmy Butler this week and looking up his stats. 25 points per game, career high, and his effective field goal percentage, also a career high. 55 yeah. effective field goal percentage, career high true shooting percentage. Oh, he's so been he, amazing. He's just like he's just been absolutely extraordinary scoring the ball this year. Yes. And, and without shooting threes. It, it, yeah. I just love seeing guys like that. He, he's, be been, he's been awesome. And what would be what would be interesting is 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 LeBron still. Is he? I mean, we might hopefully he's going to be back in the fold. He's questionable for uh, tonight's game against Boston. But is LeBron still that guy? You know what I mean? Is he still one of the best five players in the league? I would say yes. But, you know, that's they, we, we just know history tells us in the end, when it's all said and done, you've you've got one of those guys you look through and, you know, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, was on that Toronto team. I mean, the last time that somebody hasn't had somebody that was top five, top 10, no matter what list you come up with, was that Pistons team. And that's a long-ass time ago now. Even Dirk, you know, and I know people want to bring that one up, but Dirk was at peak of powers at that time. He was. And that would be the closest one. So I would say... Yeah, I mean, you, you you probably whittled down the amount of teams that actually are going to win it when it's all I, said I don't think done. we whittled it down all that much, though, Chris. I, I really don't. I think there are, like, ten top five players. Uh, like, well, you, know, you, get, you know what I mean by that, right? Like, there's ten guys that are top five quality. The, but league, we just, is, the league is deep right now in terms really? of guys that you... Like, I think, I think you're, it's appropriate, is my mm-hmm. point, for you to say... Jimmy Butler can be the best player on a championship team. I think that's appropriate uh, just, just because of the nature of the league right now, because of the nature of you know who, what? who the competition Maybe is. You might be right in the sense of the league is so there's so much talent now that you might just have to have a top 10, you know, that you could if if Jokic is your best guy, you can win it. And by and the Jok- way, Jok- Jokic is better this season than he was his MVP season because of his defensive improvement. He's like he's like an all defensive candidate. But across the board, but across amazing. the board, people would not necessarily all have him in their top five, right? Look, yes. there's a there's a unanimous which is going to be which is going to include uh, Curry and Durant and Giannis and LeBron. Like everybody's going to have that, right? And then you can decide. On five, right? Yeah, so it's I'm, like Jok- so. Jokic, Luka, Harden. Like, it's, you know, to take your pick. It's like all a matter of flavor, what you prefer. Ka- Kawhi when he's healthy. Of so, course. So, yep. so, right, you might be able to have a top 10 guy. Like, there might be 10 guys that could lead you to a championship now. And usually there's been about five, like, over the course of history. The, the, you know? the divide is like Jason Tatum. That that's like the dividing line. Well, it's like, like it's I like Tatum, Tatum isn't quite in that category, yeah. but he's right below it, like the twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth guy, and a yeah. little, little bit lower than he needs to be. Yep. Uh, one guy that we did think was going to be a massive superstar, but it hasn't played out the correct way, is Zion Williamson, who was off the charts last year, twenty-seven points a game, totally dominant, the whole thing. There's an update on him yesterday, and it said he's cleared for contact, and it's going to start with one-on-ones, and then the full team, 
and then who knows. But it's still like just everything about this from the very beginning has been weird. Do you, and, and, you know, I was reading this article by Brian Windhorse this morning, and he mentioned in there in passing, they still have never said when he got the surgery. They've never said. Like, therefore, you, you don't even, it's, it's hard to even know if this timeline is a fair timeline or when you could possibly expect him back. Obviously, they got egg on their face from before the season when they said, Ah, uh, we expect him to be back for the regular season. Zion said, I expect to be back for the first real game, meaning I just missed the preseason. And now we're to almost Thanksgiving, and they still haven't even said when he got hurt, how he got hurt, when he got the surgery, and you still have a totally and completely unclear timeline as to when he could be back on the court. Like everything, everything about this whole deal has been strange, Kevin, really. Even yesterday's update was strange. It's like, okay, he's cleared for contact. And now he can start doing one-on-ones and then he'll do five-on-fives. And then, you know, uh, he's going to get another uh, scan, you know, next week. And we'll kind of see from there. And it's like, what? So strange. We haven't known anything ever. Like, is he just going to show back up on the court one day? <laughs> and we'll be like, oh, wow, Zion's playing. Like, it's just bizarre, but it's not a it, – it, it's one of those that it feels like it should have been good news yesterday. Like, oh, wow, he's cleared for contact. Except the way it was all framed didn't make me think positively about the situation at all. It's weird. Can I say one thing that might make you think positive, Chris? All right. One, one thing. Last week uh, we talked about like feeling bad for Pelicans fans with just how weird everything is. Like like the, like it sucks like to to deal with this with your star player. Here's one thing to make you feel good: Paulo Bancaro, Chet Holmgren, <laughs> Jaden Hardy. <laughs> I'm serious. Like these guys on paper, Chris. If if you're a Pelicans fan, if you're David Griffin, that's such a bad thing to have good odds of getting one of those dudes. It's not such a bad thing, is it? I mean, is that really such a bad thing to have a chance at pairing a six foot ten, two hundred fifty pound, versatile scoring big man in Paulo Bancaro with Zion Williamson? Is it such a bad thing to pair a seven foot playmaking guard and Chet Holmgren who can protect the rim, who can space the floor to three? Is it such a bad thing? For Jaden Hardy, your six foot four shot making guard who can hit threes from 30 feet, who can run pick and roll with Zion. Is it such a bad thing to have that guy? No guarantees you end up with a top pick with the way the lottery are today. But the fact is, Chris, is that the team as is is not enough. It's not enough. One of those guys could make it enough. And so there's a silver lining here. That for takes the too long. It takes too long, though. It takes a long time. It does. It but if you have long. that guy on your roster, maybe like if if Zion is developing with Bancaro or a home run or Hardy, you know, makes him happy. He signs he happily signs that contract extension, and those guys grow into stars together. And then the Pelicans are competing for championships. This is like the best case scenario that I'm outlining here. But the best case scenario happens. Like we've seen it happen. It happens. Sometimes when? it might not, and it never happened. It, it happened to the Warriors. It happened. It happens to all these teams that turn into consistent winners over the course of time. Sometimes you don't get lucky. Sometimes you don't. 
Sometimes you're the magic. Sometimes you are the Warriors. We'll see how it turns out for the Pelicans. Point being is that there's some major talent at the top of the draft that could be a perfect pairing with Zion Williamson and their existing young players. So what I'm saying is, is that despite how ugly everything is now, there, there could be a present at the end. There could be. There, uh, the funniest part of the article, which was not supposed to be funny, but I must admit I chuckled, said, what are the Pelicans doing to make sure Williamson stays healthy and wants to be in New Orleans? And it says, the Pelicans have poured resources, time, and energy to protect Williamson's health. They have changed members of their staff and even changed some of their culinary practices in an attempt. To... <laughs> I couldn't even, I can't even read it without laughing. Finish, finish. I, I want to hear the no, rest of it. It says they have changed their culinary practices in a in an attempt to support him. What does that even mean? <laughs> they started making a like they they changed their culinary practices in an attempt to support him. <laughs> like they they stopped feeding him, or they only were they making him eat clean food, or they. Just giving him everything he wants to eat. I, I like. I don't this even. I don't, I don't even know what that means. They changed their culinary <laughs> to support. I, I, I like this line from that Windhorse Andrew Lopez article. Uh, it, it says they changed their culinary practices in an attempt to support him. They've talked with him about protecting his body from ex- extra hits. Griffin has stood up for him privately, sending video clips to the league. Um, Griffin ripped the referees publicly for not protecting Williamson. So far, it has not shown terrific results, but everyone is going to keep trying. That, that <laughs> I just love that line in there. Everyone is going to keep trying. It's just, it's like, we're going to keep going, guys. We're going to keep doing it. And by trying, I'm telling you, Chris, tanking, cl- tanking, tanking and holding him out as long as you possibly can might be the best thing you've ever done. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know if David Griffin is going to survive this. Uh, he is on the hot seat. As we talked about previously, Jake Fisher reported that from Bleacher Report. Um, he's on the hot seat. So we'll see if he survives it. But for the franchise, this could be the best thing is just for him to sit out as long as possible, get a high, get higher draft odds. And then, then maybe you get a second star that pairs with him perfectly. I'm telling you, I, like that could be the best case scenario this season. Rather than getting like the 11th spot, he returns, you know, and you're the 11th seed, you're missing the plan, or even you get your ass kicked in the plan. That, that's not the best case scenario. Mm. It's not. Couple quick hits. It's not. OG and Obi. This is the year to tank, Chris. I'm just going to. Oh, you've I'm, said that the, every. You've said no, that every year for no, five that, years. That's yes, not true. This is a. This is a year to tank. You always believe but, in 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 the fantasy land of getting the best player and it changing your franchise. And sometimes it does. You got I mean, John Morant with the second pick. That, that, that what, they didn't tank stupid yeah, ass. Okay, but I'm saying top picks. It doesn't matter how you get the top picks. Tanking if you compete and you win the lottery. I don't care how you get the pick. Top picks can give you franchise changing players. Undeniable fact. Okay. Tell me. All right. When when did tanking work? It worked because the Sixers have Joel Embiid. It worked because the Sixers have Ben Simmons. Oh, that's worked out famously. Yeah, the, yeah, the process has worked great, it, actually. It has. Yeah. Really? Yeah, How it many has, Eastern Conference yeah. finals they go to? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're not talking results here. What are you here. talking, talking about? about? It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> we're, matter. We're, we're it ta- doesn't <laughs> matter. What the heck? We're, 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 what it doesn't we're matter. Talking, we're talking about process. It doesn't a, matter. Approach. Yeah, we're talking, you, you, it's different conversations. Yeah, so we're talking people, about approach, approach, philosophy. There is a whole generation of sports fans that has been in 
brainwashed <laughs> into believing results don't matter. No, it's, it's, it's like I'm not, I I'm not saying. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm saying I'm saying they, they don't matter to the they, context they, of this conversation. They really believe with this conversation they, they don't matter. They should be able to go home and say, "I studied <laughs> as hard as I could, Mom. I know I got an F, but my process was good. So give me credit for my process." No, no, I'm not. Uh, we're not talking. This is two different conversations, Chris. I'm saying results matter a lot, and you're right with everything you're talking are, about. But this is different conversations. Like I'm saying specifically to this conversation, we're talking about the approach of how to build your team, not about what it leads to, but about how to build your team. Mm. How to build your team? Yeah, and that was obviously a great That's way all. to build your team. It's ending in catastrophe. Literally, we'll see. Ending I, a catastrophe. I, I don't. I don't think it's ending for Philly. It might just be beginning chapter two. Maybe so. It will have nothing to do with that. Um, OG and Anobi, there. That is a, okay, on, one, one more. One more thing, though. I, I, yeah. I just one last thing. You got to admit the idea of Bancaro Zion or Holmgren Zion. That's get that gets you a little excited, though, doesn't it? That gets you a little excited. The idea of it. I think that Zion would ask out before it would be good. Hmm. You know, we'll see about that. It takes a long time. It does. It takes yeah, it a long does. time. It does. It does. It's a long and, time. And, and Holmgren, you know, he's like 190 pounds. He could have yeah. an adjustment period. But Bancaro, that dude could play today. He could get you 16 and 10 today. You think so? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. 100%. He could get you 16 and 10 today. Ananobi, uh, he hurt his hip and it is undetermined. We don't, we're not going to have a timeline on him. Uh, it's too bad. Very man. soon it sucks because he was being very he had been very good. Toronto's been a good story so far this year, but that's a killer. Hit pointer. Uh, real positive news regarding an injured player was the Clay Thompson playing five on five. Ooh. Yeah. Because like they needed reinforcement with their record so far. Um I'm feeling good about my finals they're get, prediction, Chris. They're gonna get they're gonna get Clay Thompson back I'm in the mix. I'm feeling real good, Chris, about my prediction. Well, I mean, look, I don't, the Warriors have been a great story. I'm not here to crap on it. Okay. okay. Like they, they have had like one of, if not the weakest schedule in the entire NBA thus far. They have like, that is, they've beaten, fact. they've, they've that's also fact. beaten. I mean, I know you saw Memphis beat them. Mm -hmm. Memphis is also good. Yep. I mean, you know, great teams lose good. Ke know. Hey, kept them from making the playoffs last year. If you recall. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do recall that. Yeah. That was fun. P pretty good. Maybe uh, a little, little uh, Morant-Curry rivalry developing. That would be great. That'd be fun. Uh, right? Clay Thompson back playing five on five, and that is extremely positive news because at the beginning, we'd, it, it'd be great if you could just, like, look, we got a month until the Christmas games. If you could even just get him back by then. But if he's already playing five on five, full contact, we're not that far away. I've heard he we're looks good. We're not that far away. I've heard huh? he looks good. I've heard oh. Clay looks good. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he is like, not. Like a, he looks like he looks like Clay. He's, well, he's never been. A, he's never been a guy that was dependent upon some elite athleticism. Is that exactly? You know what I mean, I, I don't. I don't even. I don't even feel like saying that. You know what I'm hearing is that much like newsworthy. It's like, of course he looks like Clay. Yeah, I mean he could shoot without legs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like he, he, the fact the fact he, he can move around and, and still run through screens and all that. Yeah, like th this guy could shoot standstill. Until he's fifty. Oh, I he, saw he, this. He doesn't need to move around, but the, I don't you know, know. He can. I don't know if you saw this meme that was going around. Um, it was going around like maybe like a couple weeks ago, and it was like 
here's what the league looked like the last time Clay Thompson played basketball. And it was like Kawhi in a Raptors jersey. And it was like this guy in this jersey. And it was, it was wild when you think about it. Like, I wish I could find the meme. In the context of, right, the last time we saw Clay Thompson playing basketball. And stuff just happened so fast. And it feels like forever yeah. ago. It feels forever ago that Kawhi Leonard was a Raptor. That feels so long ago to me. And yeah. to think that that's the last time we saw Clay Thompson, it's been a long time, man. It's been a long time. So it'll be it'll be super cool uh, when he comes back. And he's obviously not that far away if he's playing five on five. And then the last thing is, in your adopted now hometown, no longer Staples Center, Kevin. It is going to be Crypto.com. Center, do you have an opinion? No, no it's arena, arena, it's crypto.com uh, arena, crypto.com arena, arena. Yes, do you have an opinion on this? I think it's cool. You like uh, it? I, I think it's going to be cool calling it the crypt. They're, they're, <laughs> going, to, they're going to the crypt to watch the Lakers play the Suns. There, yeah, that, that sounds that's a good ring to it. To me. There was a lot, there are a lot of people, LA people that. Very, very sad about this. I understand. Understanding, yeah. understand. Did you feel this way about the garden or do they still call it the garden, even though it's well, like TD? Well, that's, that's a little complicated because the original Boston garden got torn down. Yeah. It's now, that, that, now that that's sad. Like when an arena falls, yeah. that's sad. Um, but like they called it, you know, the fleet center was the first name. Mm -hmm. And I grew I grew up with it with calling it the Fleet Center. Sometimes my dad would just call it the Garden and like correct himself, you yeah. know. Um, but then they changed the name to TD Garden. Yeah, like, like TD is the sponsor, TD Bank, and now it's people just call it the Garden. Nobody calls it. Nobody calls it TD TD Garden. It's just the Garden. Right. That's what it's become again in Boston for the most part. So for Crypto.com Arena, people are just going to call it the Crypt, and it's going to be cool in, in five years. <laughs> and also, I think this is the first instance in which we're seeing crypto, like the online as Web3 approaches. Mm -hmm. You're going to see more names like this, more crypto style sponsorships. If they if crypto.com could get Staples Center, if they can get Staples Center in Los Angeles for the Lakers, they can get anything. They can get anything. Oh, that's true. so I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's just a name. The, the building still exists. All those memories still exist. And also Staples is like, it's, it's a store where you get paper and, <laughs> and clips and, 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 and binders and folders for school. Yep. That's yep. what Staples is. So I, mean, I don't, I don't feel, I understand why people do. Cause I, I, I get it. It's like a change in the name of, uh, it's, it's much more, it's, isn't it, it is much more well known as the arena than it is the business. Yeah, it is. It, it really is, isn't it? It really is, it, isn't it? <laughs> I, I wonder, like a, a Google trend search, if Staples Center, Staples Center gets more searches, or just Staples oh. internet internationally in the U.S. Staples might get more because people are buying paper, but internationally, Staples Center is more well known as just the name. I think it, it's just so much more famous. I do think that there is. I it would be hilarious. Somebody should do this. Walk around like somebody out in L.A. 
Here you go. Here's your free idea for a video. Walk around outside before a Lakers game and ask people what Staples is. Not the arena. (gasps) What is Staples? I would bet you a large percentage have no idea what it is. Truly. Like, they have no idea what Staples is. They know that it's the arena, but they don't know what the business is. Seriously. I have some bad news for you, Chris. What? Google Google Trends. I put in on Google Trends for searches, web search, Staples Center versus Staples, the retail company. And even in California, even in California, Staples receives seven, like over 80% of the search than Staples Center. So yeah, Staples, but, you know, but, but, but are people searching for actually Staples you're, to you're, buy you're, them? You're, you're talking brand recognition, which can't be measured. I'm saying in, are people, the way I'm talking about. But I'm saying are people Googling where I can buy Staples? And it just happens to be the name of a business, too. That's possible. That <laughs> is possible. Mean? Just staples. It's, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like if I, that, that's I don't a good know, point. if I made my thing, uh, you know, pencils. If I had like a, if I had a store named pencils, then everybody that searches for pencils online. Fair point. That's a good point. The the data is skewed. It is an actual product too, right? So it's not necessarily fair. That that is that is true. That's true. I'm I'm not see. I'm not sure about like if if uh, Google Trends. I have the the Staples retail company in there. We're going off the rails here, but. But, well, but but I I think you're right though that Staples Center has more worldwide recognition. At well, I'm gonna tell you this: I, I, I don't think Staples to... is a worldwide store. It's the United States. Next That's time it. you go there, next time you go down to that arena, whatever they want to call it, I want you to go and find Bill Platsky and give him a hug. I read his stream of consciousness. Somebody retweeted it on Twitter, and he was just he just broke up about the whole thing. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh God! You did just just just. Oh, I see. I see. He has a tweet about it. Bill Platsky said, I "Oh know no." The crypt- it, the crypto.com arena sounds cool, but we'll call it the crypto and roll out all sorts of burial metaphors. But still, this is a tough one. Then he goes on Kobe's, uh, you know, Kobe played in Staples and this and this is the place of memories and it's where fathers and sons went. And Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've, I don't know. I've never felt that way about You've got to tell Bill the memories are in your heart, Bill. They can't take those away by renaming it after cryptocurrency i think people are gonna like calling it the crypt the the kids the kids are gonna like calling it the crypt writers with all their puns their smart puns are gonna like calling it the crypt all the the things they can do with that word tales from the crypt i've seen that multiple times from multiple different writers already like as their new like a post game russell russell westbrook tried to act like the media was calling it the crypt like a gang member yeah, that's what I'm saying. People are going to call it the crypt. People are going to call it the crypt without the T at the end. The crypt. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. People are going to have fun with the name. We're having fun with the name. Did we ever have fun with the name Staples Center? No, because it's, it's a retail store. Boring. The crypt. The crypt the it's going to be fun. Yep. People are going right. to like and, and by the way, like I said, we're going to see more of these. I'd be I'd be willing to bet we'll have like another cryptocurrency arena name whether it's nba or nfl oh, yeah. or whatever it's it's inevitable it's Eth- gonna happen ethereum stadium yeah ethereum stadium. that's got a good ring to it actually there you go i like right. i like the way that sounds yeah 
All right, it's going to do it for today's show. Uh, thank you to our producers, uh, Jesse Lopez and Erica Cervantes, for filling in today. Kevin, I will talk to you next week. I'm looking forward to it, Chris. Have a beautiful weekend, everybody.